Welcome to Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends with law enforcement professionals and personalities from across Canada. And now, a message from our sponsor, Wilfrid Laurier University. With Laurier's 100% online degree programs, you can earn your undergraduate or graduate degree from a top-ranked university with an academic and institutional tradition that is over 100 years old. Choose from a Bachelor of Arts in Policing, a Bachelor of Arts in Criminology and Policing, Master of Public Safety, and five graduate diplomas in the areas of Emergency Management, National Security, Countering Crime, Border Strategies, and GIS and Data Analytics. Transfer credits apply for basic constable training towards a BA in policing. For more information, visit www.laurierpublicsafety.ca. Hello, Blue Line the Podcast subscribers. We hope you're doing well and welcome back to another episode of Blue Line the Podcast. I'm Brittany Schroeder, editor of Blue Line Magazine. Today, we are joined by several members of the Canadian Police College. Philomena Silva is the Manager for Academic Standards and the Learning Development. Melanie Bilodeau is the Director of the Police Sciences School. Danielle Bercier, Rosemarie Meriti, and Robin Bruniel are all instructional designers at the CPC, and Dave Richard is an instructor at the CPC. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank Happy you to be here. Awesome. So before we start in on the questions, I just want to say a very happy anniversary to the CPC. This year, you are all celebrating the 45 years of excellence in training. Uh, the CPC provides advanced specialized training and education to police and other organizations that have a mandate in law enforcement or who support public safety in Canada and internationally. The institution remains cutting edge by introducing alternate training de delivery methods and embracing innovation and technology. In this podcast episode, we will be chatting about the CPC's academics, how courses are created, and what it's like to be an instructor for the college. So uh, for my first set of questions, I would like to direct them to Philomena, Philomena and Melanie. Um, I would love to hear about the importance of the academics to the CPC mandate, the role that the academics play in the overall success of the college, and how the academics have evolved since the opening of the college 45 years ago. Well, well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Um, so pertaining to your first question, how important is academic to CPC? Um, we play a big role um, within CPC and the products that it delivers um, in helping to ensure that the RCMP delivers its mandate, which is to provide advanced uh, police training to law enforcement within Canada. Uh, we also ensure that the CPC develops and delivers effective training to various organizations with a rigorous standardized approach. Our team ensures that the college has a consistent level of quality in all of the courses that we deliver and instructional material that is delivered in a classroom. And in a classroom, due to COVID, it could be in a traditional classroom or in a virtual environment. Right. Also, uh, we look at the trends and the needs of law enforcement evolved, and it is important for the college to be able to deliver courses that will meet their expectations with the latest technology to enhance the students' experience in the classroom. Academics ensures we have a stringent, dependable process for evaluating and changing the courses when and as required. 
We also work with instructors to ensure they have a clear understanding of standards and expectations in instructional design and in its delivery. We ensure um, through established partnerships that our courses um, are uh, put together in such a way that they can be looked at from academic institutions for advanced credits towards some of their undergrad or maybe postgraduate degree programs. We also ensure that SMEs who come from, not only from the RSMP internally, but also from the Great Aligned Enforcement Community, government departments within Canada, and even internationally to have the capacity to deliver training to the highest standard uh, that is required for the CPC. And having that variety in the classroom definitely enhances the learning experience as well. We have key partners that we also work with, CPKN, uh, the Canadian Police Knowledge uh, Network is definitely a partner that we also turn to when we need um, any help uh, with our courses. Uh, I think we play a huge key significant role in the overall success of the CPC. If we succeed in front of the classroom, the college succeeds as well. We play a role behind the scenes through the design and development of the training product from the beginning to the end. We focus on the quality of the product um, as well. And we ensure that every product remains current uh, by ensuring it is reviewed at least every three years or sooner if it's required, especially with our courses in our technical crime unit that is constantly changing software and technology and also as well within our forensics group um, as well. But I would definitely I'll let Dave uh, speak to that. And also uh, through the extensive research and consultation that takes place within our internal and external resources as well. Academics ensures consistency in every delivery of every product. We, uh, my team of instructional designers, we are not law enforcement. We are all public servants. So uh, I strongly believe that we bring um, different perspectives to what training is and what academics is in conjunction with uh, working with our instructors who are all law enforcement. How has academics evolved? Oh my God, since the opening of CPC 45 years. Well, I started at CPC in 2007. So I have seen lots, lots of good changes and much more to come. Um, definitely as a demand for more advanced and specialized training evolves, so does the way that we approach the instructional design process. A paper trial that exists for every course delivered at CPC through standardization documentation, which includes our course training standards, our audit reports, our evaluation tools, our rubrics, our end course survey reports. Um, everything that touches the course is standardized for every training that we deliver. Since 2012, we introduced a series of academic directives, which supports and guides decisions that are made by the training unit pertaining to issues that may arise within the classroom, whether it's the traditional classroom or the virtual classroom. Since 2013, we have imposed that after every course delivery, every participant is provided an opportunity to provide feedback on the training that they received. And this is crucial to us for how we modernize the course for the next delivery and so forth. Since 2015, we have successfully entered into academic partnerships through articulation agreements with some academic institutions that have provided advanced credits for some of our courses. And that speaks to the high level of excellence that we bring our courses to. 
Wilfrid Laurier University has provided advance credits towards their being policing. Uh, Regina University and Charles Sturt University from Australia have also provided advanced credits towards their leadership degrees. And this is just to name a few. We do have a list of other partners. 2020, we will never forget that year for sure. But um, even though there's been a lot of negative impacts of COVID-19, um, for us, it's been um, somewhat positive in the sense that we are now moving CBC to the modern uh, classroom, which is virtual classroom. We have taken baby steps uh, in the past, but now we have definitely uh, jumped in full force. So we are now embracing still some courses that are being delivered as traditionally in the classroom, but we also have a hybrid approach courses, which have a little bit of both synchronous and asynchronous. And we have other courses which are self-paced 100% online. So we are moving slowly but surely, and it's a learning curve for all of us, for sure, and especially for those who we work with where virtual learning is not the first choice of receiving training or delivering training. So, so it's been um, definitely a learning curve, but it's been going into the right direction. We uh, also the introduction of new technology and modern technology in a classroom and the need for specialized software needed for the creation and development of software from my team. It's also something that's quite new. In 2021, uh, CPC officially launched its adjunct faculty program, which is designed to build capacity for training delivery. And this is um, through our partners having, you know, using their expertise in the areas that we require in order to deliver training, which has become very, uh, very important. As well in 2020, because of the restrictions imposed by COVID-19, the need for training within law enforcement has not changed, probably has increased. Um, because of those restrictions, we um, started with a regional delivery model where we take courses on the road and some courses that we thought we'd never see taken on the road. For example, in our technical crime unit, um, we have done it, uh, you know, with some challenges for sure, but um, it's turning out to be a very positive initiative. And with the support of our partners, they, there seems to, we're seeing day to day more of a request to take our courses on the road through this regional delivery model. So in closing uh, for my end, cause I know there's others that would like to have the opportunity as well to talk. Um, so throughout the year, CPC has been scrutinized uh, for sure on what we deliver and how we deliver it and how we ensure that we meet the training requirements of our clients who serve the public. So because of that, the rigor standards that we impose from my group, um, there's a reason for it and there's a need for it as well. This has pushed us to ensure that we have the rigor again uh, in our academics and uh, to ensure that we remain in a position to continue to defend and be accountable for the training that we deliver and other training that's going to be coming down the road. This also ensures that the training is transferable, that it is re relevant, and that it is applicable to the reality of the work environment of our clients who serve the general public. You gave me so much amazing information. One follow-up question that I would have um, you mentioned that you and your team update the courses every three years or earlier. So just when you're deciding if you need to update earlier than that three 
uh, year schedule is that when, you know, new things have been happening in the world and like, you're just like, we need to update the course to reflect what's happening right now and what police need to know right now to serve their communities. That could be one aspect of why we change it or if there's a change, for example, in the criminal code or something happens in that specific area, whether it's forensics or investigative training, explosives or somewhere else. It, it could be that or it could be that um, you know, through the feedback that we get um, at the end course, the end course survey, through that feedback, uh, there may be something that is flagged and said, listen, okay, maybe we need to touch this a little bit more, or we need to, you know, add a little bit more content in a specific area, or we need to maybe look at our target audience for that specific course and maybe change it or add to it. So there's different um, aspects of a, a course that can change at any time. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. Um, now turning some questions over to your team of instructional designers. I know you're very proud of them. Um, so these questions are going to be for Danielle, Rosemary, and Robin. Um, my first question would be, you know, what is the benefit in working with directly with the course instructors uh, in the design of this police training? Yes, I, I can actually take on that, that question. Um, well, I would say there are uh, multiple benefits, uh, but if I had to boil it down into uh, one statement, I would say that it, it, it makes ground for, you know, what we could call uh, effective collaboration. Um, because although we often speak in terms of client to client relationship, uh, I really like to think of it as a partnership uh, because both the instructor and the instructional designer, we do share the same goal, which is to bring the, the best quality in, in, the, in the training. So if I was to uh, boil this down a little bit further, I think I could name two elements to it as well. Uh, the first element is that the instructor brings their expertise. They're the subject matter experts, they're the SMEs, they know how to teach, they know the ins and outs of their um, domain of expertise, uh, whether it's forensic identification, cybercrime, major investigations, you name it. Um, so they do bring their own perspective as well and um, very obviously a valuable experience. Um, second element is that we're obviously not just talking about you know, one brain here. The, the instructor comes with an expanded uh, network of people within and outside the organization. And um, so they do give us access to that network to let's say um, start um, a focus group or, um, or you know, just to learn from, uh, from our peers. So um, yeah, I would say that altogether those factors contribute to uh, infinite bring the, the best quality in the training. Amazing. And could you give us an, a concrete example on how this translate into your job? Yeah, it's just this uh, new course that um, on forensic identification uh, that we're currently putting together with, with Dave, uh, who's with us today. Dave is one of the best experts in the country uh, when it comes to forensic identification and uh, fingerprint uh, comparisons um, specifically. And so um, he provided me with very relevant content right from the start to, to get me started on the project to kind of understand, um, you know, where we're going and where we're, uh, where, where we're coming from and where we're heading with this, uh, with this project. And on my end, my, my background is not in policing, but I, you know, I came as an expert in instructional design specifically and so I presented Dave with some tools um, that we're using when we built 
uh, in this particular case, an online training. So we have very specific tools and methodology that, that we, we use and work with. So I presented him with um, like a storyboard, for example, which we use as like kind of the backbone of an e-learning course. Um, we use the Bloom's taxonomy that we use to write um, learning objectives and uh, how to kind of structure your course accordingly. Um, and also questions such as how an ID can be translated into uh, an online interaction within a learning management system. So we do have some, some limitations sometimes. So I, I address those things with them. And so we both um, bring very specific skills and knowledge that kind of um, complement each other. And the fact that we're both, um, let's say on site allows for a lot of back and forth um, between the two of us. So we often meet and uh, you know check in and, and kind of validate what one has, has come up with uh, in moving forward. So if just to, to conclude quickly, um, I don't want to deny the, uh, the importance of the uh, human factor as well in it, because, you know, if you do have good relationship with the people you're working with, um, it becomes a strong asset, right? So the quality of the product will also manifest at the end. So I think that's a very important piece of it too. And so again, here at the Canadian College, we do have the opportunity to, to work, um, you know, hands and hands on side together. And so, um, yeah, from my perspective, it, to, to work directly with the instructor is clearly um, an asset and a, an, an advantage. That's wonderful. And Danielle and Rosemary, would either of you like to expand on, you know, what are some of the most important elements in working together? Sure, I can uh, talk to that. Um, I don't think there's only one most important element in working together, but a combination of many. So, for example, communication. Uh, effective communication is an important part of teamwork and it involves updating each other and never assuming that everyone has the same information. Being a good communicator also means being a good listener. So by listening to the teammates and the colleagues, you show them respect, which is essential to the trust building uh, relationship. Ideas are also an important element in working together. Instructors and designers are looking at the course and its content from entirely different perspectives. Different perspectives may be worth listening to when developing a course. And it's important to ensure that all team members feel listened to and valued at all times throughout the project. And of course, collaboration. We want to involve all parties, whether it be the instructors, the subject matter, subject matter experts from the very beginning. Uh, by involving them in the discussion from the beginning, they're required to take equal ownership on decision made for the project. Um, and finally, defining ex expectations. In the kickoff meeting, we will set out the roles and the responsibilities for everyone involved in the training project. I love that. I love that you were talking about like that trust relationship between you guys and I like, I just love the term kickoff meeting and, you know, I just, it just sounds like it's such a fun process as well. Just like the collaboration between uh, the designers and the instructors. That's, that's so awesome. Um, Rosemary, would you want to touch on how uh, you guys determine the completion date for a course? 
Sure. You know, determining the completion date, that's funny because we, we actually touched on this uh, last week, uh, Danielle and uh, Robin and I. Um, it, basically, it comes down to the, the nature of the course and the amount of, uh, of updates required to the course. Um, once we've run the, the prototype of the course and it's completed uh, with all the desired changes that we've put into effect. Uh, we've delivered it once or twi twice and tested everything out and the feedback is positive. Uh, then we, we complete the course training standard and it's officially signed off. Uh, but to be quite honest with you, uh, what I've been with uh, the Canadian Police College now for close to four years and uh, my first project is, uh, is completed. However, it's, it, it just stays in the back of your mind on every project that you work on. It's as if you start working on something new, and it's like, you know what, that's, an, that's a good idea for the first course I worked on. So it's, it's an ongoing project that basically, okay, this is gonna sound wrong, it, it never completes, but it is complete. We just always think of ways that we can improve and, and have the, the participant even more engaged in the, the learning process. That's wonderful. I love that. I I definitely get that feeling sometimes if it's, you know, something's just never completed and then you just, it's stuck in there forever. So I get that. <laughs> All right. Now looking more to the instructor side of things, uh, Dave, my last couple questions are for you. Um, sure. You've been teaching at CPC for many years. So I'm just wondering how much has it changed since you first started? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. I appreciate that. I've been teaching for the last 14 years, <clears throat> excuse me, here at the Canadian Police College. And, you know, things things have changed a lot. I mean, the world of policing has changed. And one of the biggest changes that I've seen are the expectations uh, from the police agencies who send their people here for training, because policing, modern policing can be very challenging. And a police service is only going to be as effective as its human resources. And, and so they, you know, they want top-notch training. They want their people to leave the college with the best information possible. And that is, that is what we deliver. At least we, we definitely strive to deliver that. So, you know, and the academic part of it has really, I think, played a crucial role in it. Something as simple as a course training standard. I mean, it's, this is really important. And I sort of liken it to when I approach a complex crime scene. You know, I don't just run in and start processing the scene. I need to stop and plan. And that's what your CTS does for you. It makes you stop because I, I know the information I need to get out to the people involved. But if I don't have a plan, then there's a chance that I'm not going to be given effective training. So it's an integral part of what we do. That's incredible. And like, I think it was... Abraham Lincoln that said it, that if he was given six hours to chop down a tree, he would spend the first four sharpening the ax and something you just said there, you know, getting to a scene, you're going to take a few moments and, you know, really prepare yourself and like get all the knowledge that you can before jumping right in. I feel like that can kind of be related to CBC. Like you said, you know, this training is preparing people for what they're going to see out in the community. Totally. That definitely makes sense. Awesome. Um, how do you feel about working with the designer who is not a sworn officer um, or may not even know a ton about forensics? Well, first of all, I mean, it's been a wonderful experience working with Robin um, on this project. Uh, you know, doing, putting a, a course online is, is a first for me. And I had no idea how much work was involved. 
it's uh, it, it's a it's a big task and one that I definitely would not have been able to tackle on my own. Now, one, one of the things that you, you find after you've been teaching uh, for a while, and if you're an expert in a given area, you sometimes forget that not everybody has the same knowledge base that you have. And I think working with somebody outside of the police field and outside of forensics really makes you think about what is the best approach to teaching people. So often, like I said previously, I, I know what skills I need people to take away. But oftentimes, I'm not sure what is the best approach. And so with Robin, you know, I'll say in a given module, we want the learner to take this information away. And then he will suggest, why don't we try this approach? And oftentimes, it's something that that I had not thought of. So it's like I said, it's been it's been a wonderful experience. Yeah, that does sound amazing. And it was just uh, it comes back to that collaboration next um aspects that our, our instructional designers were talking about earlier. So I know Philomena was speaking about this um, earlier in the podcast. Um, so just kind of asking about your experience, you know, how has the pandemic changed how you see the future of training? And, you know, also along with that, it's like being online. Um, you also just mentioned that a bit, but, you know, your experiences going through online trainings as well. Part of it is going to be an integrated approach to online training. Um, I, I already have a wish list of courses I'd like to put online. <laughs> I'm going to have to be a little bit patient. Let's get through the first one. But uh, definitely, I mean, from a forensics point of view, our, our courses are very much hands-on practical. So if we can teach some of the theory ahead of time, that allows us more time to focus on the practical when people come in for, for training. But Definitely, the pandemic has really made us rethink how we deliver our training. And, and I can see online being a, a big portion of that. Yeah, for sure. Just, you know, I obviously wasn't in school during the pandemic, but I just think back to my school days when I was at university and, you know, taking classes online even back then was just so new. So I have to applaud you guys for being able to be you know, that agile and being able to take your courses online and, you know, get the training out to your students as best you could. Like my applause is to you guys. Uh, just a side note. <laughs> uh, my final question for you, Dave, would be, you know, if you had one piece of advice to give to other police agencies who are talking about having their own instructional designers, you know, what would that advice be? Well, honestly, I'd have to say that look at the CPC model as a way to implement an academics program. You know, rather than trying to start from scratch or reinvent the wheel, as they say, take a look at what we've done here at the CPC and see what works for you with your agency. That would be my number one recommendation. That's really good. I'm hoping people will take away from that as well. That's the end of my questions that I had prepared, but did anyone want to speak on anything else that we didn't already touch on? Because we do have some time for that as well. The whole team talked about the process and how stringent and standardized it has to be. It's that much more important when we have events, unfortunate events, when, for example, there are mass casualties, because from that there always comes lesson learned and often training is looked at 
and is highlighted during the proceeding to look into uh, the events and how police and law enforcement uh, responded to these events. So definitely having this process and being able to respond to all these questions that these committees have is very important. As such, the team here understands that ultimately we're all training law enforcement and it's for the better and increased security for, for Canadians overall. So. Um, a big kudos to our, our academics because I've seen them. I, I started not long ago at the college, but I am fully aware of how they, they remain even beyond the trends and in order to, because they understand how the need for us to evolve and modernize and they're fully open to all of the ideas. Uh, some are newer uh, as part of the team. They were integrated quickly and they come with a lot of um, I'll call it spunk. They, they come with a lot of energy, new ideas, which are often integrated. Um, Philo talked about collaboration with universities and all that same thing. If we can ex exchange ideas, new ways of doing this, uh, we, we do so. So uh, I'll say a big thank you to, to all this team and to the instructors because they also work hard in order to take our courses, put them online, as they said, big eye-opening on, on, on how how much work is involved, but ultimately that, that permits the students to, to, to take courses in, the, in their homes um, at, at less cost as well, because I mean, you're not thinking about uh, transport, uh, hotels and things like that that are also attached to that. So new ways of doing things, the college is, is definitely embracing that. So um, a big thank you. That's awesome. I love, I said this earlier, but you just mentioned it again. I love that you guys are so, you know, willing to incorporate new ideas and, you know, partner with new people to bring like the best content, the best training to your students. And I think that's just amazing. I want to say thank you so much to everyone for joining us today and for sharing all of this really valuable insight into the Canadian Police College. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Blue Line, the podcast. Be sure to check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay up to date on all of your Canadian policing news at blueline.ca. Thank you to everyone who listened. With Laurier's 100% online degree programs, you can earn your undergraduate or graduate degree from a top-ranked university with an academic and institutional tradition that is over 100 years old. Choose from a Bachelor of Arts in Policing, Bachelor of Arts in Criminology and Policing, Master of Public Safety, and five graduate diplomas in the areas of Emergency Management, National Security, Countering Crime, Border Strategies, and GIS and Data Analytics. Transfer credits apply for basic constable training towards a BA in Policing. For more information, visit www.laurierpublicsafety.ca. Thank you for joining Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line. Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. 